then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. We're back, baby. Episode 26, Life After Addiction. Bruce Stanley. Yeah, man, I'm so excited to talk about this principle, uh, this one and, and the next one, just because it's, it's really the, the crux of these seven principles nested right in the middle of it uh, that really is kind of a turning point. And yeah. that, that's a clue word there. You'll, you'll understand in a second. Yeah, and I'm Adam Comer, and as you heard, we're talking about principles. Uh, if you haven't been following along, here's what that is. It's from Second Peter Chapter 1, Bruce wrote the book, Lost and Found, Recovery in Christ. It is S2L Recovery's curriculum, and there's seven principles based on this. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of his divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires, Again, drop the mic. You want to know how to do this? Here we go. Having escaped from the world because of sinful desires for this very reason. Two episodes ago, we talked about adding to our faith virtue. Last episode, we talked about knowledge. And this episode, we're going to talk about self-control. And it says, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, with knowledge, and with knowledge, self-control. Bruce? Lead us in. Yes, sir. So first, let me just say self-control, man. That word itself, it seems like an oxymoron, right? <laughs> if I could control myself, I wouldn't be in the messes I'm in. So why is this word in the Bible? Yeah. Why is this word in the Bible? And here's what I want to say. And, and man, I want to do this justice. Uh, again, I teach these classes. They're two hours long each, but here we go. So again, we're growing in our faith, right? And so we the, the key word for the first principle was Trust, this, the keyword for the second principle and knowledge and wisdom was truth. And here we go into self-control. The key word for this is turn, turn. And this is what the Bible is trying to help us understand when it comes to self-control. It's a different self-control than the way you know self-control. It has nothing to do with the self, yeah. nothing to do with the self. It's about turning to the one who has the power to do any discipline or or any control over anything. But that's the only self-discipline, self-control we have is in the turn. And so let me give you some examples of that. Uh, so Ezekiel 18.32 says, uh, I do not take pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the sovereign Lord. Turn and live. Mm. And, and some translations say, will say repent. And live, and so whenever you see the words in the Bible of repentance, repent, uh, forgiveness, or redemption, in close proximity, usually you find this word "turn" in there. And so there's plenty of places where God uses this word to help us understand. God doesn't take joy in the death of us. He, he's not pleased when when we go off the rails and and we end up in the ditch. You know, he he's asking us to turn. And the whole Old Testament was about teaching the Israelites to turn to God instead of themselves or another nation or some type of other God or whatever, that he was teaching them to turn to him. And when they wouldn't, here came the calamity. And God would bring it, not to destroy them, but to teach them. 
This is what happens when you turn to something else besides you turn to me. Now repent. And this is what Ezekiel was saying at the time before they were about to be swallowed up by Babylon, uh, where, the, where Israel was about to com- completely destroy and they were going to mm-hmm. go into captivity for 70 years. He's like, turn. I don't, I'm not taking pleasure in what's about to happen to you. Mm. Turn and live, he's saying. Yeah. And so that's just an amazing verse. This other one that I love is um, uh, it's, uh, 2 Corinthians 3.16. It says, but when in, anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is lifted. Yeah. I love that verse because, and it's really interesting. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but. We talked about Second Timothy three sixteen. Here we go. Second Corinthians three sixteen. There's John three sixteen. Something interesting about three sixteens mm-hmm. in the Bible, right? There's these key yeah. key verses, man. And what God is saying about this veil, like what happened when Jesus breathed his last breath? He it said, "It is, is finished." Finished. Right. What happened next? Mm-hmm. The veil of the temple was torn. Yeah. Right. And what was the veil used in the temple for? It was to separate men from God. So the only the high priest could go through the veil and enter into the Holy of Holies to present the sacrifice, right? The, the tearing of the veil meant that now it's wide open, that we have full access to God. There, there is no mediator anymore. It's Jesus. Yeah, He's the one who pleads our case. He sits at the right hand of the Father. There is no veil anymore. And so what this verse is saying is, you know, turned to the Lord and the veil will be lifted. The things that were shadows, the things that you couldn't understand, the things that were not revealed to you before, that when you turn to the Lord, your eyes are opened. You can see the access to God is open, the direct access to God through Jesus Christ. He's the, that's why he says, I am the life, I am the way. No one enters uh, into the Father except through me. He becomes the veil, he's the veil terror. He's the veil breaker, right? Yeah. And so 2 Corinthians 3.16 is saying, turn to me. And so all of this turning leads to this one concept that is repeated over and over in the Bible. And I'm talking really fast, I know. But it's about being spirit-led or it's about being led by yourself. The Bible refers to it as the flesh. So we're either led by the flesh or we're led by the spirit. When you're led by the spirit, you're turning to this power that God has given us. And... Um, and in Second Timothy one seven, it says, "For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid or weak, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline." Hmm. So the only discipline of the self, the only self-control you have, is when you're turning to the Spirit that God gave you, and you're being led by that. And so, man, again. These principles are in sequential order. And the way it's written in the Bible is it's from this to that and from this to that and from this to that. And when it's saying from knowledge, uh, from knowledge to self-control and to self-control endurance, you know, which we'll get into principle four, he's, he's making a point to say you have to gain this before you gain that. And it's not that it can't be cyclical and we're always going through these things of our own our entire life, but God's saying in your immaturity in your faith, now you've been emptied. Now you're being filled with the spirit, right? That you grow in this increasing measure through trusting, through the truth, and now the ability to have self-control. The reason I said I was so excited to talk about this is that principle three and four are nested right in these seven principles in the middle because self-control leads to endurance. Yeah, And then I'm going to tell you, 
I know because I see it firsthand with what we do at S2L Recovery and in my own testimony, I never had any endurance because I never had any self-control. And I I had no self-control because I kept turning to myself and it was by my own willpower and where I can knuckle through it and just, man, it's all about, you know, me making it happen. And I never had the ability to maintain any clean time. It was, it was 30 days or 60 days or 90 days or anything in between there. In fact, I, I, I've kept every key tag that I've ever collected through NA and every coin that I've collected every through AA of years, years, years doing this, repeating the cycle, repeating the cycle. And I'm telling you, it's, I have so many now, Adam, that I could decorate a Christmas tree with it. <laughs> hey, so let me, let, inside of what you're saying, again, just like a, a, a very, I want to, exegetically discuss the Bible, and you're exactly right that the order of these principles are important. Uh, it, it's also important just to kind of give some practical discussion. That's how the way that God wired my brain. And you can't talk about self-control without talking about discipline, right? Mm-hmm. And based on what you said, the turning to the, the Holy Spirit your life, turning over your life to the Holy Spirit in every situation, man, that is a discipline. Because almost on certain days, everything inside of you doesn't want to do that, doesn't want to lay things down at the cross, doesn't want to pick up the Bible, doesn't want to pray without ceasing. And man, I, so there is this, just so, so you listener, you've got to understand there's the sovereignty of God and there's man's responsibility. Sovereignty of God and man's responsibility. And the man's responsibility, mankind's responsibility, is to have this discipline more so than you would uh, be as hungry for the things of God as you would for lunch today. Man, and our stomach's ground. I'm getting ready for lunch, right? <laughs> I mean, be that hungry. Have that sustenance to live as you would food. Well, that's the and, whole premise of fasting. you know. Yeah, to, to draw you back to God. Whenever you're hungry, thinking of God. But, I mean, even, even Solomon writes in Proverbs, it's like a wise man loves discipline, a fool hates it. You know, he basically, in one verse, he says you're stupid if you don't like being uh, reproofed, if you don't like discipline. Uh, and I want to read First Timothy First Timothy chapter 4, and you read it, uh, I believe, chapter 7 or verse 7. Um, it says this, For everything created by God, I'm sorry, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths, is how the verse starts. And, I mean, my mind immediately goes to, like, silly myths about, you know, whatever, fairy tales. But that's not, and then you dial it in. Aliens. (laughs) And so it has nothing to do with that. But you know what? If you dial this in with silly myths... Here's a silly myth that I should have had nothing to do with. Hey, Adam, drugs is the answer to your problems. Silly. A little bit of truth, right? It felt good for a little bit, but it was going to kill me. Hey, it was prescribed by a doctor. It's prescribed. Here's another silly myth. You ready? It's going to step on a lot of toes. Money is going to make me happy, mm-hmm. ultimately. Silly. Silly myth. I have nothing to do with silly myths. And then it goes on. Rather, train yourselves for godliness. Have nothing to do with silly mess. Rather, train yourselves for godliness. And man, this word train, everywhere in the Bible, we talked about last episode, man, uh, the, the Bible's infallible. The words are important. We want to maybe even do an a episode on the canonicity. But the word train is, is gumnos, G-U-M-N-O-S in the Greek. 
like literally translated in the Greek to English, it's, it's, uh, it would have been in context, exercise naked. And when the Greek athletics and things like that, they would exercise without clothes so that nothing could, could hinder them. Nothing could slow them down from their training. And it's actually gumnos from the Greek is where we get the word gymnasium today. This word train, man, I'm thinking sweat and discipline. You've got to be disciplined. You have to have self-control to turn these things back over to, to the one that created you. How silly does it sound? Hey, you've got to turn your life over to the one that's going to save you and give you everything and, and give you peace. But it's just against like the fallen nature of this world. Everything is pulling against that. You've got to have a discipline to turn back over to that. Yeah. Here's a silly myth, <clears throat> and it comes from the Word of God, except for it's been distorted, and we, we see a lot of this. And, man, when I first started learning the truth to have some discernment, a lot of the things that I had to overcome were, were things that I thought came from the Bible that didn't. Like something my mother used to tell me all the time, God only gives you what you can handle. God only gives you what you can handle. And I used to think, well, man, God must think I can handle a lot because he's sure dishing it out. And But that's not what it says in the Bible. It actually comes from 1 Corinthians 10, 13 through 14. It says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so Ooh. that you can endure it. Was that thunder? Yeah. Man, that's God like, amen, verse. <laughs> uh, but this is what it says. It won't let you uh, be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out. Man, he's, what he's saying here is that he, he's not letting anybody be tempted more than what is common to all people. Like, you, you can't say, man, well, I'm being tempted more than the other person is. And God's just not being fair to me. That's not what God's doing. In fact, his grace over this planet is keeping us through the Holy Spirit from, from being overwhelmed by something that we can't control. And his grace is still upon us. And he says, listen, this last part, but when you're tempted, he will provide a way out. He's yeah. saying, turn to me. Right. Be led by the Spirit, not by your own flesh, and how to get out of these things. And, and that's what that, that verse actually means yeah. uh, and what God's trying to tell us. So, man, this whole self-control thing, it is about turning, and it's about being led by the Spirit, and the Spirit has power. So we forget the supernatural aspect of God when yeah. it comes to these things, and we rely on ourselves, and that's when we get in trouble. Yeah. And the last thing I just want to say is, and some people may not know this about Paul. He used to be Saul, who became Paul. So the, the transformation that happened to Saul uh, on the road to Damascus where Jesus presented himself to him and he blinded Paul and then he sent him to this man that would uh, give him sight again. And, and Paul was transformed. Like he knew who Jesus was. He was the killer of, of Christians and now he was going to be uh, the minister of God. But what did he do, Adam, before he ever presented himself to the disciples? You know this? He went into the wilderness for three years. Paul did. Paul did. It's because he knew he had to grow. He knew he had to learn the wisdom of God. And, he, and what happened was God sent him people, like Barnabas visited him. And this was before he ever came to visit Peter or the other guys. So God had, God had a way of teaching Paul the same way he has a way designed to teach all of us. And one thing I always say about uh, to the guys, it's like, man, what seems like an emergency isn't really all that urgent. Right. 
And what seems urgent really isn't always an emergency. So having the patience, waiting on God, God says, be still and know that I'm God. He wants to teach us in this self-control to wait on him. Yeah. Awesome, man. Self-control. I think even inside of the verse, uh, 2 Corinthians 3.16 that you're saying. It's really like lightning. 2 Corinthians 3.16 where you you said the turn and... um, Man, God, God gives us in that scripture alone as well the self-discipline or the action point of self-discipline. It says, behold God, beholding, looking upon him. But, hey, man, that's the time we have. We have a question today from awesome. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. From Matt. He says this, tell us about what things you struggled with once free from addiction, how your spiritual growth and what did your spiritual growth look like? Uh, man, Matt, I'll tell you this. Um, one of the main things that I struggled with once I was set free from the addiction is um, just the trust. Um, family not trusting me, my wife not trusting me. You know, I went to this rehab for X amount of months, and I, you know, I know God's changed my heart, but you're walking back into an environment that you have caused a lot of pain, suffering, and damage. Mm-hmm. And just being patient, like Bruce just said, and not urgent. And allowing God to work on the hearts of my family and, and being consistent and not hiding anything and just living a life almost of just humility, knowing, man, I caused all this junk. I've caused all this mistrust. But it was a struggle. It was a struggle. And you know what I had to do, Matt? I had to have self-control and turn to God uh, and those feelings of just, man, it almost like, man, what's the point? You know, you turn to God and, and the strength came through him and the hope. And so Bruce, yeah, you? absolutely. I would say the same for me, man. I was going through a divorce with my wife at the time. And all I wanted to do is pick up the phone at every milestone that God was growing me and say, hey, guess what God did for me today? Guess what God's teaching me today? Guess what I'm now learning to do instead of the things. That, and But I had to restrain myself. I had to have the self-control to turn to God and know that God would be my proof that whatever changes he was going to make in my life, that others would see it. I didn't have to go try to prove things to everybody. Mm. Because why, Adam? Because God will be glorified, right? God is going to make sure that other people notice because he wants the glory for it. And I had to wait on that stuff. And and if I hadn't, it would have been just like all the other times and people just not trusting me because I was trying to prove it too much. And it took time. And there were some people who never trusted me again. But the ones that were important, the ones that God knew, he wanted to be in my life. They saw. The proof was seen. I didn't have to, to, to try to prove it. It just came anyway. Yeah, so that patience and that peace, and, and even the psalm that Bruce quoted earlier says, be still and know that I am God. That's not just to sit on your hands and do nothing. It, I think it's really a mindset. Hey, stop with the just, you're, you're 50 moves down the road, and you need to be still. You're You're so anxious and in a hurry and urgent. So your mind, you're driving yourself insane. God's saying, be still. The reason I think it's a mindset is because that's only half the verse. The rest of the verse says, be still and know that I am God. My name will be exalted among the nations. So he's not saying, he's just saying, I'm God, you're not. Be still. And then also in Matthew or in the New Testament, yeah, in the Great Commission, he says, go therefore and make disciples. Be still, go. Slow down. I'm God, you're not, my name will be exalted. There's not, don't worry, bro, you know? So, so yeah, so that's it, Matt, man. I think, I I think Bruce even kind of says something similar when we, when we first found this freedom. Um, You know, you've got to 
have the self-control. You got to every day, man, know the pillars. Like I, I, I know most of you know, read God's word, pray, have good fellowship, be in a place of action that you're, you're moving closer to God uh, and obedience. And so doing those things, putting wheels on them, it does get a little harder when you're not in the bubble of a place like S2L. Uh, but it's actually a lot more sweeter too, because you could find this just quiet, personal place with God, uh, and that you're not—you don't have any motives. You're not doing all this to like show people that you're good. You're doing all this because you found something that is good. Mm. So, yeah. Anything else? Final thoughts? No, sir. That's it. Awesome life after addiction. Love you guys. Better believe it. You better believe it. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Recovery. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email them to info at springtolife.net. That's info at spring, the number two, life.net. And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org. In a recent survey, parents reported that 52% of homeschooled children need learning accommodations. These parents need practical advice, encouragement, and hope to fuel their homeschooling efforts. The Empowering Homeschool Conversations podcast is where parents gain wisdom on how to teach unique learners successfully at home, like Laura, who recently told us, I needed this episode. I don't need a fancy curriculum or need to be a special ed teacher to teach my son. You have given me hope. To listen now, go to Life Audio or search Empowering Homeschool Conversations on your favorite podcast app.